It's your boy Justin Pora, and we have a lot to cover. A ton of breaking news coming today, Wednesday, June 2nd. We'll do a full playoff recap, what's been happening through the first half of this first round, what to expect in round two, covering all the breaking news. We just got the news that Brad Stevens is no longer the coach of the Boston Celtics. He's replacing Danny Ainge as the president of basketball operations. We also heard that MVP candidate Joel Embiid is expected to miss some time with a meniscus tear in his knee. What that means for the Sixers and how this basically is a summary of what the process has been over the last five years. But first, do you guys have the Book It Sports app? If not, what are you doing? I bring it up every single show. The Book It Sports app, the number one app for all things Sports gambling, social media, it combines the two. It is a platform dedicated to sports gamblers like you and I to discuss bets, tag along with other people and make plays, make some friends along the way, and more. Go download the Book It Sports app wherever you get your apps. All right. So first, let's talk about the Celtics. Celtics get absolutely embarrassed by the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. They lose 4 or 5. Able to get the one win at home. I guess that's something for them to tip their cap at. The Nets are the favorites currently to win the NBA Finals. They get one 125-119 win in Game 3 at home. And then they lose every single other game by double digits. And what does Boston do? Danny Ainge steps down. He said that he was tired of making all the moves, getting all the criticism from Boston media. He's done with it. Brad Stevens said he was worn down by coaching ever since the bubble. Turned down reportedly a $70 million offer from Indiana University. But he's staying in Boston now to take over the role as the general manager. Basketball operations president of Boston. And now, this is something I've been talking about with the Celtics repeatedly now. The problems of this team was never Brad Stevens. He's a great coach. He won with a mid-major program at the collegiate level. Two Final Fours in two years. With Gordon Hayward and Butler University. He's not the problem. This team over-exceeded expectations a few years ago. And even last year, making the Eastern Conference Finals a little bit of an overreach. Should they have been there? Probably. If you look at the standings, I believe they were the three seed in the Eastern Conference, making the Eastern Conference Finals an accomplishment. However, when you look at the Celtics as presently constructed, you see how they overperformed two Eastern Conference Finals, I believe three Eastern Conference Finals in the last five years. And then you come back down to earth as a seven seed in the East. Well, when you're the Boston Celtics and you have 16 NBA championships and you created this expectation that this is a team that's going to get better, we will make an NBA Finals, we will win the Eastern Conference. 
and then you fall all the way down to a seven seed in the East, have to play in the playing tournament, and then get absolutely bodied by the Brooklyn Nets. And let's not forget this, everybody. The team that Danny Ainge, everyone thought of him as a great general manager. Why? Because of the one trade with the Brooklyn Nets. When they gave up Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and got all those first-round picks. It was called the fleece of the century. And look what happened. The Brooklyn Nets, that same Nets team, is what ended the Danny Ainge era in Boston. Boston, over the last few years, a team that always needed another piece. We know Jason Tatum is going to be great, and we know that he's really, really good right now. But he needs another guy. Jalen Brown can't stay healthy. Kemba Walker was a whiff. They had Kyrie. He hated it there. He got himself out. Gordon Hayward was injured. And he left. And now look where they are. Losing in five games to that very same Brooklyn Nets team that is in a better position to win an NBA championship than the Celtics are by a lot right now. And if they win this season, and even if it's next season, which I think they will, then they will win a title before the Boston Celtics when the Celtics were supposed to run the Eastern Conference for a decade and failed to win in any of their three Eastern Conference championship appearances and have just not gotten better year after year. In fact, they've gotten way worse this year than they were a year before. Now, as for the move itself, I'm very interested to see. So Brad Stevens, to say as experience in this would be maybe a little loose. However, he was a college coach at a mid-major program that involves a lot of recruiting, a lot of hard work, a lot of hard hours, which is what the president of basketball operations does in the NBA. So he has experience in getting players to come to a team. And he did it at Butler. I'll tell you what, it'll be a lot easier to get people to come to the Boston Celtics than it was to come to Butler University. So I think Brad Stevens is in a good position somewhere where he's going to thrive. As for the head coach, who's it going to be? You see some names floating out. We saw Jason Kidd's name get thrown around. Evan Turner, for whatever reason, his name got thrown around. Who really knows? Is it going to be a young guy who could kind of work under Stevens, who Stevens could show the ropes to? Is it going to be someone who's experienced in the NBA? Mike D'Antoni is a bench coach right now for the Brooklyn Nets. Mark Jackson's still trying to get a job as he's working for ESPN right now. So there are a lot of different options out there for Boston. And Brad Stevens needs to recruit another superstar to play with Jason Tatum. And there are a whole lot of problems Danny Ainge left with this roster. Kemba's been a bust. Jalen Brown gets injured. He's got a big contract coming up. Jason Tatum is going to get his money. They need to sign him long term. But they need to get another superstar. And year after year, player with player for Danny Ainge. Oh, the price was too high. We don't want Anthony Davis priced too high. We don't want to get Kawhi priced too high. We don't want to trade for 
Kyle Lowry. We don't want to trade for James Harden. The price is too high. Well, Brad Stevens, he's going to have to make some real big splashes. And you know what, Boston? It has a certain appeal. Second most valued franchise in the NBA in terms of championships. I believe third overall if you take the money into account behind the Lakers and the Knicks. And you know what? That division they're in, I know we don't talk about divisions in the NBA enough, but you have the Brooklyn Nets who are en route to winning a championship in the very near future. They're the favorites for this season. You have the Raptors who won in 2019. You have the Knicks who are a fun young team currently in the playoffs. And then you have the 76ers who are the one seed in the East. Where does Boston stack up against those teams? They finished fourth in the division this year, only ahead of Toronto, who we all knew was going to take a big step down. So there's a lot that needs to get fixed in Boston. And now that they're out of the playoffs, they got a long offseason to look forward to. All right, but we're in the playoffs now. So let's talk about one of the teams I just mentioned, the Philadelphia 76ers. Came out today, Joel Embiid, a minor meniscus tear in his knee. He's out for Game 5 tonight against Washington. He's considered day-to-day. I'm not a doctor or anything, but when I hear about a meniscus tear, that seems pretty drastic. Doesn't seem very convincing that he's not going to miss a prolonged period of time. And you know what? They got lucky that they're the one seed in the East. They're going to play either Atlanta or New York. At this point, it looks like Atlanta, as they have a 3-1 lead over New York. We'll get to that series and all the other series in a little bit. And you know what? Despite Embiid not playing, they'll probably beat the Wizards tonight at home, win the first round, and then get back to Philly and await the Atlanta-New York winner. But when we've talked about the process, Something that we haven't accounted for are all of the bad injury luck. Joel Embiid, constantly getting injured. You could pencil in for one injury a year. Doesn't play enough minutes. Ben Simmons, another guy, year after year. Problem with his hip, problem with his shoulder. Whatever the case may be, the dude gets injured a ton. And here we are again. Joel Embiid, end of the season, playoff time. They're in a great position to win the Eastern Conference. And it's a meniscus tear. That's in his knee. Big time injury. So are we going to keep processing or what? Because I'm on record saying this has to be the Sixers year. I don't think it is, but it has to be. They have the easiest path to the Eastern Conference Finals. We all agree that It's very top-heavy in the East. We have three teams that can win it. It's Philly, it's Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. Well, Brooklyn and Milwaukee are going to beat each other up starting on Saturday. And the Sixers are going to have their way with either the Hawks or the Knicks. Well, you know, if Joel Embiid plays now. Who knows if he's going to play? The doctors say day-to-day. Right after... He set a playoff career high 36 points in a road win at Washington. This is the story with the Sixers and Joel Embiid. They're good. They look great. They look like contenders. 
and then there's always a problem that comes their way. And I want to see Simmons and Embiid work. I think they could be one of the most fun teams in the league. I think they've been one of the most fun teams all season long. Tobias Harris growing into his own. They now have shooting everywhere. Doc Rivers, an eccentric, fun, winning coach. And it should have been their year. But Joel Embiid's knee getting in the way. It's a bummer. We don't root for injuries. They stink. But it just happens way too often. And it's coming again at the exact wrong time. So I mentioned that the Sixers are probably going to win tonight. If not, they'll they'll beat Washington eventually. I mean, they have three games to finish this series up. Embiid or no Embiid, Ben Simmons and Beal, uh, excuse me, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, they're going to get it done. They'll win. I believe it will be tonight, regardless of Joel Embiid's status. The other series that wrapped up, the Nets finished up the Celtics, and the Milwaukee Bucks swept my Miami Heat. Now, I was on record. I said it. The Milwaukee was always going to win the series, right? They revamped. They got better. The Heat, you know, short offseason, young team. It was never going to work out. However, I will admit I did not anticipate it being a four-game series. I couldn't believe it, especially after how close game one was. Jimmy Butler sends it to overtime. It's a close game in Milwaukee. Came down to a Chris Middleton bucket with less than a second on the clock to sink the heat in game one. Then after that, three blowouts. Absolutely unacceptable. But to me, that just more so proves the idea that Milwaukee is on an absolute mission this season. They have the team. They have the firepower. The role guys are really doing an exceptional job. And Drew Holiday is appearing to work quite nicely on that team in his role. It's all coming together for Milwaukee. And now they got a series on paper against the Brooklyn Nets, done and done, game one Saturday. And it's going to be a dogfight. We've seen Giannis against the Nets this year. Three games, 36 and 12, 41 and 9, 36 and 12. He's an animal. And he exploits the weakness of this Brooklyn Nets team. And I have the Bucks winning this series in six games. The Nets prove their vulnerability losing to an undermanned Celtics team in Boston. You don't know how they'll face adversity. And they're going to see some adversity against this Milwaukee Bucks team. It's going to happen. And I believe they will crumble. And I don't think it's a huge indictment on the Nets. Obviously, they're the favorites. Obviously, everyone has them going to the NBA Finals. But this is year one of this super team. Never really comes together all at once in year one. Not necessarily. The Clippers, last year, crashed and burned. Blew a 3-1 lead. Look where they are now. They're facing adversity, and they're slowly but surely overcoming it. Miami Heat. Year one, made the NBA Finals in a week east. 
Then they lost to the Mavericks as big favorites. And then they came back in one years, two and three. This is the story of super teams. We got to get used to it. And they're going to get killed by the media if they lose to Milwaukee Bucks. But I think you have to understand, for the Bucks, this is year three of them climbing the ladder. This is year one for the Nets. They lost in the first round last year. And they didn't have Kyrie in the bubble. And KD didn't play the whole year. And they didn't have James Harden. And they had a different coach. So it's all different. It's all changing up for Brooklyn. So if it takes a year, I'm here to say that it's okay. And I I think it will take a full year. I don't think it's happening this season. Next season, I'm predicting right now they will win the 2022 NBA championship. But this year, I don't think it's happening. And I think they will fall to the Milwaukee Bucks next round. So the other series in the East, probably the most fun one we've seen, being the Hawks and the Knicks. The Hawks absolutely took care of business in Atlanta. They won both their games. And that game one win in New York is proving way more valuable than it was. And it's coming more and more obvious as we watch these games. Hey, Atlanta just has way more talent than New York. We thought Julius Randle was going to be the stud of the playoffs. No, no, no. It is Trey Young. And Clint Capella is getting pretty much anything he wants against Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson and everyone they got going on inside. Absolutely eating. Bogdanovich is playing really well. Gallinari, good veteran player uh, presence. You have Lou Will off the bench. And Trey Young is proving that he is a superstar in this league. I think the Hawks are going to win in the Garden tonight. They'll face Philly. They'll give them all that they have. I don't think they'll lose. They'll beat Philly. I think Philly will not lose to them. But we are learning that the Atlanta Hawks are up and coming in this league. And Trey Young is a bona fide superstar in this league. And you know what? With the Knicks, it's the Thibodeau theory. End of the season, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, top five in minutes played this year. They burn out at the end of the season. Julius Randle is doing way too much. And it's sad. And I wish you weren't. But that is the story of this season. Julius Randle can't play right now. Can't score a basket. Everyone's oohing and on over 23 points. He shot 9 of 23. That's simply not good enough in a playoff game. And he is trying to shoulder all this responsibility so that old man Derrick Rose, a couple knee surgeries later, isn't carrying the whole entire offense. It's his first playoff series. He'll get better. The Knicks need more firepower. They don't have it yet. They've been a great story all year long. I was wrong in saying they would win this series. They'll be back. I'm very sure that they'll be back. They are building a culture in New York. It was a culture year for both of these teams. Atlanta, this exciting young team. New York, this gritty defensive team. One of the books had to close. And it's New York's that's closing. And I'm pretty sure it will be tonight in Madison Square Garden 
as Trey Young solidifies himself as both a Nick killer and a future superstar in this league. Let's talk some Western Conference. Before we get to LeBron, which I know everyone's waiting for, we have to acknowledge that Damian Lillard is a beast. And I said it before. He can't be considered overrated. And people might want to say, well, people call him underrated so much that he pretty much is overrated at this point. No, dude. He's still underrated because people don't realize that he is a top six player in this sport. He is carrying the Portland Trailblazers. You remember back in 2018, excuse me, 2017, when LeBron James had the big 51-point game for the Cavs, and then, of course, George Hill missed the free throw, J.R. Smith forgets the score, and that is a forgotten playoff game in LeBron James' legacy, as it was maybe his best performance in the NBA Finals, but it came with a loss. That is what Damian Lillard just did against the Denver Nuggets. Not only did he have 55 points, not only did he play 51 minutes and shot 17 of 24 from the floor, very good, 12 of 17 from three, NBA record for threes in a playoff game, 12, hit clutch shot after clutch shot, sent the game to overtime, sent the game to double overtime, he only had one turnover. And 10 assists. Damian Lillard in overtime. What do you go? 6 of 9? And the rest of the Trailblazers? 1 of 19. He is carrying this franchise. And that's why I loved Denver to win this series. Jokic doesn't have to carry the Nuggets. They have Michael Porter Jr. They have Aaron Gordon. Where was CJ McCollum in overtime, double overtime? Where was Carmelo? Where was Nurkic? They were all in the shadow of Damian Lillard because they are nowhere near his level. Nikola Jokic is playing with guys that can live up to these moments and play in the big spots. Damian Lillard is the only guy that could do that on Portland. And he does it better than anyone on Denver. He's the best player in the series, I think by a good margin. But... He's got nobody else. And this is a league where you need multiple guys to step up in these situations. And Dame will never point the finger at anyone else on his team. But we all know it's true. It is a broken team in Portland. And Dame, I need you to, to suck it up one day and just get out of there, man. You are way too good to not win an NBA title. You're on the Steph Curry tier. You're, you're the only one that's close. And you're right there. You just need to get out of Portland, man. And I know you don't want to do it. And I know that loyalty is a big deal. 55 points on damn near 60% shooting. You have to win those games if you're going to come out like that. You send your team to every possible extra time moment. No one else wanted to be there but you. It's a shame. It's really, really sad. They probably win game six in Portland. We'll have an electric game seven. We need it to happen. 
just for the content. Jokic for Dame, it's way too good. But Dame, man, you need to go get yourself some help. Seriously. Because you deserve way better than what you're getting over in Portland. Because you're all-time talent just being wasted away. No MVPs. Barely making all-star teams year uh, before the last couple of years. It's a shame. It really is a shame. That game was on NBA TV last night. How about that? Absolutely embarrassing. Denver up 3-2. I think they win the series in seven. All right. LeBron time. Laker time. It's looking like it's all done. I picked the Lakers to win the Western Conference. Yeesh. What a week that they had. Anthony Davis gets hurt in game four. They lose in LA. They get clobbered in game five in Phoenix with AD sitting out. LeBron leaves the bench with five minutes left. I didn't think much of it. I'm sure a lot of people do. Oh boy, LeBron James, is he really going to lose in the first round of the playoffs? I think the answer is yes. Chris Paul is healthier than I think that he was originally. And now Anthony Davis looks like he might not be ready to go for game six. I think this is the year. It's finally all catching up to LeBron James. And look, Phoenix is a really good team. And everyone came to play in this series. They were ready to be the team to take down LeBron. And I don't think I anticipated that happening. A relatively young team. First playoff series for Booker. First playoff series for Ayton. Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, all those guys. Two veterans. Chris Paul. Jay Crowder. Dario Saric has also been there, but not a very important piece to the team. At least that's what I thought. And they are just having their way with the Lakers. LeBron seems uninterested in competing for an NBA championship this year. Anthony Davis is like, I got my money. I'm cool with being a coach today. That's just not the mentality you could have if you want to win an NBA championship, especially in the Western Conference. And they're going up against the two seed for a reason. I don't know how it's going to go in game six. I think have an idea that if Anthony Davis doesn't play, the Suns are going to win that game. LeBron needs AD to play. And he needs him to be good. So I don't see a situation where Phoenix isn't going to let up. They're too gritty. They want this way more than the Lakers do. And that's obvious. And if Anthony Davis isn't playing... Who knows what LeBron James has in the tank to really be? So, this situation in LA is really coming down on them. I think they'll lose game six if AD doesn't play. And I know that we're all waiting for LeBron James to pop off for 40 or 50 and lead this team in the Staples Center. Does he want to do that this year? If he wants to do it, it's going to happen. But he seems so uninterested in this season to an embarrassing point that I don't think it's going to happen. But we'll see. Game six, Thursday night. I'm ready for it. It'll be the most watched game, I think, of the NBA season. 
And will LeBron James come wanting to extend his season more than he has to? Will Anthony Davis be on the sideline coaching up his team, or will he get out there and play an important game? I don't know. I guess we just have to see. So we have a very entertaining series happening that comes together tonight. 2-2 now between the Clippers and the Mavericks. I called the Clippers out last week. Came down hard on them. Said Kawhi wasn't the best player in the series. Said that they're going to blow the whole thing up if they can't get a couple wins together. Well, would you look at that? Game 3, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, 38 points, 8 rebounds in a 10-point win in Dallas. What about Game 4? Oh, Luka only had 19? And Kawhi had 29 and 10? That can't be right. Where were these Clippers in Games 1 and 2 in the Staples Center? Where were they? They're starting to pick it back up. And I always compared them and the Nets. The Nets this year are the Clippers of last year. There's no excuses for the Nets next year if they have the same team. There's no excuse for the Clippers this year. All right? And this is the team that we are expecting to see. The game, the teams that we saw in games three and four, they suffocated Dallas in game four. They only scored 81 points, the Mavericks, against this Clippers defense. And it's a team revolving around two defensive superstars, Kawhi and Paul George. They're finally starting to not switch off Luka, put the pressure on the other guys. The other guys, eh, it turns out they're not so good. The five-seed Dallas Mavericks make the other guys play and let the kid make passes instead of, you know, make all of these incredible shots that he's been making. So it looks like they're starting to figure it out. And you know what? If the Clippers can skirt by the Mavericks and they pushed it to 2-2 and the Lakers are out of this thing, who else is going to win the West? You think that the Utah Jazz, who came up short in a game one at home against Memphis, is going to give them the trouble? You think it's going to be Denver? Portland? Phoenix? You think those teams are capable of making an NBA championship? If the Clippers could get past Dallas, I think the rest of the league has to watch out. Because they are coming in hot now. Two double-digit wins. Big game tonight at home. They need a big performance from Kawhi and Paul George. They need to shut down Luka. And if they do that, Ooh, does the Western Conference open up, especially if the Lakers lose. It'll become the Clippers Conference to run the table. And I think that's a scary sight for the rest of the West because I don't think any of the teams want to play them. The roster's put together, they have the superstars, and it needs to get done. Talk Jazz Grizzlies for a little bit. The Jazz are going to win the series. They'll win it tonight at home against Memphis. They're up 3-1. We know John Morant's a stud. We know Donovan Mitchell makes all the difference. Wasn't there game one. Was there games two through four. 
and he's been great. The Jazz are 31-5 and at home over the regular season. They lost, obviously, game one, but whew, Donovan Mitchell's a beast. They're going to wrap this series up, and they'll get ready for the winner of that Clippers-Mavericks series, and it is going to be a good one. A lot of fun NBA playoff magic coming to happen. Podcast coming at the end of the week to break down the second round and all the fallout from round one. What is going to happen with LeBron James and the Lakers? Feels like we're seeing the end of it. And as a LeBron guy, it's sad to see. But he's putting it all on himself this year. I got nothing to back him up with. It's just the facts of the matter. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Go check out the Book It Sports app. I have been hot betting the NBA playoffs. Ton of fun stuff to come. It is the most fun month of the NBA calendar. It's June, baby. Shout out Fight. Appreciate y'all.